Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard Apply directly to the forehead. It's episode number 87 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the world's most menacing Eric Roberts related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly, and joining me as usual is the Prime Minister of Funk, Liam O'Donnell. How are you doing today, Liam? I'm okay. Liam, did I say that the podcast was menacing on the last episode? I feel like maybe I didn't switch the... You 100% did. All right. Well, for any uh, longtime listeners of the show, just replace that word menacing with uh, a word of your own. Uh, uh, creation. Uh, this is a this is a incredulous, incredulous. Well, I mean that's that is the most accurate word that we could possibly use. <laughs> Liam, October has come and gone. We no longer have to watch terrifying, spooky, scary movies here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Must be a relief to you, Liam. I have to say, I wasn't too impressed with some of the movies we watched. No, I mean, luckily we've really turned a corner here on uh, both spookiness and Eric Roberts' quality. And uh, we've really moved into, like, sort of a promised land, a cinematic promised land. Well, you know what? The promised land is where we've, we're headed, and thank goodness. I mean, look, when you're so restricted by a genre like we were in October, sometimes mm-hmm. the picking's rather slim. But now we've gone past it. Things have opened up. We can pick literally anything of the dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of movies on the Eric Roberts IMDb profile. So we're only going to have the best to choose from. So I am feeling very positive about our discussion on this episode, Liam. But besides all of that, now that it's getting closer to the end of the year, Liam, do you get, uh, and you know, we had the uh, time change just recently, Daily Savings Time. Do you get that kind of blahs that come with those you know, it getting dark really early, that sort of thing. What'd you say, Doug? I was asleep. I was going to mention, <laughs> do you suffer, Liam, from seasonal affective disorder? Uh, well, I don't like to claim mental illnesses for which I have not been diagnosed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, uh, if we mean it in a colloquial sense, like, do I feel my mood change when the weather changes? Yes. Definitely. Mm. Uh, again, I don't know that I have whatever the official you know, clinical blah, blah, blah is, uh-huh. but I know that winter is sad time and it's, it's kind of weird. Like I like, it's not that I don't like Christmas. I think Christmas is kind of cool, but Christmas is sort of like that sad party you have before something goes wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's like sort of like, uh, all right, well, here's one last bit of candy before we have to go into the cave and hide. You know, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, it's not entirely a fun thing. Someone forcing you into a cave at the beginning of the year, Liam? Usually. All right, Liam, you know there's there's a song that's centered somewhat around Christmas and certainly the holiday season that goes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Okay. All right. Today's first time guest is a writer, <laughs> director, and video essayist. You can support his work at patreon.com slash honor zombie. It's Scout Tafoya. How you doing today, Scout? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys. Scout, it's very exciting to have you here on the program and having you choose a classic Eric Roberts performance for us to cover. I know uh, from speaking with you offline, uh, or I should say online, off podcast, that you are a fan of the man of whom this podcast is named after, Mr. Eric Roberts. 
I'm a huge Eric Roberts fan. Uh, I He was a guy whose name I heard all the time growing up. Um, and I, I sort of, as I was learning who he was, uh, kind of discovered he had a less than stellar reputation. Uh, you know, he was, he was, Say what uh, now? he had a less than stellar reputation. <laughs> and as I watched his, uh, performances and got to know him as a, as a screen presence, I, uh, took great issue with that reputation because I, uh, was consistently entertained and uh yeah and i just grew to love everything the guy did and like every time i saw him in things i remember very distinctly watching dark knight in 2008 mm-hmm. and thinking this is entirely too long and then there's eric roberts and you know what i was like all right let's do this oh so uh yeah he is a uh, always welcome always welcome in whatever movie i happen to be watching um i am i'm pleased as can be that the guy is working as much as he is I uh, couldn't be happy for, happier for him. He's well, terrific. I couldn't be happier to hear your enthusiasm for Eric Roberts as an actor. Of course, it matches my own. Certainly matches his, Liam. Liam, your energy level is through the roof right now, right? I'm so damn excited. Oh, that's I'm glad. Look, we're all at peak performance here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man, which is <laughs> great when we're talking about the legacy, the filmic le- legacy of the man himself. Scout, is there a favorite Eric Roberts performance of yours? That's a tough one because I I like him in 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 pretty much everything. I can't think of an Eric Roberts performance <laughs> that I don't enjoy in some way. Um, obviously, Star Eighty mm-hmm. is uh, probably the gold standard because that's a movie that hinges on that performance being so electrifying, uh, and it works. Uh, also, a big fan of him in Runaway Train, and I love him in Inherent Vice. I, lo- I love that Inherent voice, Vice performance. I like that movie quite a bit. I feel like maybe we didn't give it as much credit as deserved on the podcast, Liam. I think that's probably your fault. You, I can't remember. Did you, what did you, where did you come down on Inherent Vice, Liam? No, I love that movie. Well, then, maybe it was our guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a terrific it, movie, and not everybody gets it. N- not everyone gets it. Uh, speaking of Star 80, I believe that recently has been added to Amazon Prime. And it is a movie that, up until recently, has been a little bit difficult to track down. So if you want to see... One of the preeminent Eric Roberts performances, maybe the very best. You can check out Star 80 on Amazon Prime right now. But we have no time to talk about the great Eric Roberts performances of the past. We need to talk about the great Eric Roberts tweets of right now on the latest (laughs) Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for episode number 87 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. On November 6th, Eric Roberts quote tweeted a tweet that says, When is the appropriate time to start decorating for Christmas? Now, I know that this is a very controversial topic. And I'll get the I'll get the answers to that question from the two of you in a moment. But Eric Roberts has some thoughts. He says, "Well, here in Hawaii, where I'm shooting a show with at Keep It Keaton Simons, the appropriate time is last week. People are decorating for Christmas in Hawaii. It sounds like at the end of October, which sounds absolutely ridiculous to me. Scout, are you a person who celebrates Christmas? And if so, when is the time people should start decorating? Um, after Thanksgiving." Uh, at the very, very earliest. Okay, um, so you mean uh, mid uh, uh, or uh, October, of course, because I'm Canadian. So Thanksgiving has already come and gone. 
Oh, that's right. You guys do it differently up there. We do everything uh, differently up here. That's no, right. I think that even Canadians have to obey by the American Thanksgiving rule. I don't uh, think that you're allowed to... Uh, I think basically December 1st is an okay time to start sure. thinking about your Christmas decorations. I think anything before that is excessive and a little try-hard. No one wants to try-hard. Liam, as someone who try-hards in so many different areas of your life, where mm. and when is the best time to put up your Christmas tree? This is a complicated question. Uh-huh. How about you give me a concise answer to it? <laughs> I'm not very good at concise answers. Uh-huh. Okay, I think, generally speaking, before December 1st is a bad idea. Okay. I think, personally, I think you shouldn't be decorating for Christmas till the week of. Oh, my goodness. Because I happen to think that uh, Christmas time is actually the time after Christmas, and everything before then is Advent. Well, I mean, that's a very specific way to look at it. But Liam, do you think that perhaps maybe your depression that you suffer from this time of the year might actually be aggravated and uh, added to by the fact that you're not surrounded by, you know, Christmas crap and decorations and trees and all that fun stuff? No, I mean, we usually decorate December 1st. Right. But you would prefer – you would tell your lovely daughter and wonderful, beautiful wife that I do not want to decorate until the week of Christmas. I think that would make more sense, yeah, personally. Sense. The man's talking about sense. We're talking about Christmas. Back on October 31st. <laughs> I'm just saying, Christmas time goes for like three weeks after Christmas. You might as well have the Christmas stuff up after Christmas. It makes January less shitty. On October 31st, Halloween, one of our favorite days of the year, Eric Roberts tweeted, Happy Halloween from set! Coincidentally, a perfect day to be in costume for work. And he has tweeted a photo here. Liam, Liam, describe this photo for me. Uh, It is uh, Eric Roberts uh, dressed as a woman. Uh, Though, that looks like his hair. So it's, he's not wearing a wig. But he, he has a dress on and a polka dot top. Well, I don't know if that's part of the skirt. I don't really understand. Sort of as an ascot. A kerchief. A kerchief, that's better. Yeah, it's a kerchief and uh, some pointy glasses, and it looks like earrings, too. Does appear to be earrings as well. He has sort of a Dame Edna thing going on. Would you you agree with that, Liam? Yeah, I think so. Now, Liam, seeing this photo, does it make Mm -hmm. you anticipate the project that he's working on? Or do you have a certain amount of hesitance regarding it? I'm going to lean towards hesitance on this one. And why is that? Uh, because. Uh, tell me <laughs> why, Liam. Because Eric Roberts has a, has a bad track record when it comes to uh, issues of gender and sexuality. Is that so? Well, not. Oh. Liam is speaking specifically of his roles in several of the movies that we've covered here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man, where he has camped it up uh, and sometimes has played a gay stereotype in a very uh, unpleasant uh, manner. Okay. And, yeah, and, and he's leaned very heavily into it, uh, at least in two movies that we've covered here on the show. And we've, of course, called it out both times. It's not something we like to see. Here, we can't explicitly say that that's what's going on. It could be any number of contexts. No, of course not. But I'm just saying, because of that track record, I'm like, ooh, this could be fine or this could be embarrassing. Uh, I hope it's okay. Scout, you write about films and filmmaking, and you make video essays about uh, filmmakers and films? 
That's correct. When you see a photo like this of Eric Roberts in drag, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I just, uh... <laughs> uh-huh. Right? What? <laughs> I don't I don't like to presume. You no, know, of he, course. He could, I just, you know, maybe, maybe a guy that age, if he's having a good time and nobody's getting hurt, maybe that's all that matters. You know what? I like that last part. Nobody's getting hurt. I feel like sometimes in his presentation in some of these movies we've talked about, there is maybe a mockery, a little bit of punching down going on that we, yeah. uh, that Liam and I didn't appreciate. Here, hey... We'll wait and see. We're playing the wait and see game. Speaking there you of, go. Speaking of waiting and see. <laughs> Eric Roberts, as we know, is a big fan of the Jimmy Kimmel show. And there's this thing that Jimmy Kimmel does on the day after Halloween, or I guess it's on Halloween night, where he has uh, parents send in videos of them pretending that they have uh, eaten all of their children's candy. They film it and they film what the kids' reactions are, and it's very funny. We know from uh, from history here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man that Eric Roberts and his wife are not a fan of this practice. And once again, they stated this. Um, Eric Roberts tweeted on October 31st, as brilliant as the kids' reactions are, you're scarring them. Stop Jimmy Kim alive from encouraging <laughs> the eating or fake eating of children's Halloween or any other candy. And he follows up this with 15 minutes of fame for the parents videotaping their kids, a lifetime of trauma. For their kids. Now, we're obviously making light of uh, maybe the tone of this, but his point is well made. I mean, this is potentially a traumatic thing that these parents are um, are putting their children through. Liam, as a father of a young child, would you feel kind of hesitant to do something like this? Which you know, even if it is just a a prank that that ends in minutes, that uh, that it could end up maybe hurting your level of trust with your daughter. Um, I would not feel good videotaping it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hiding their candy as a prank <laughs> is like, to me, not that big a deal and really not that traumatic, but whatever it is, the idea that I'm going to do it and then I'm going to fucking tape it and send it to goddamn Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> no, that's, that's a, that's some dumbass shit right there. I'm not into that at all. Speaking uh, of try hard. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like such a weird thing to do to me. Whereas if you just if if Jimmy Kimmel's not involved at all and you're just like, I hid the kids candy and they were like, oh, no, where's my candy? And then we gave him the candy. Then then that's fine. That to me is like, I, I, I just don't know the kid that would be like actually seriously traumatized by being without their candy for 10 minutes. You know, <laughs> Scout, the same question over to you. Are we traumatizing the children of America by pretending to eat all of their candy? Uh, I'm going to, uh, take a step back. Basically my only real experience with children these days mm-hmm. is, uh, involves my nephew right. and I, I would never, I just couldn't, uh, live with myself if I took anything from that kid. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to say, let's not do it. I also think irony has gotten out of control. Oh, ah, well, uh, that's an interesting perspective. Maybe we'll investigate that in just a little bit. You know, Scout, I have a nephew or nephews. Of my own. I don't have children. I have nephews. And I actually went trick-or-treating with my nephews this year. And afterwards, if I could have dumped all that candy in the street and just kicked it around and be like, you're not getting any of this, I might have done it just to see the looks on their face. Scout, am I a bad person for thinking this? I think you're a bad person for thinking it. Uh-huh. I, I think all kinds of cruel shit. <laughs> it's just a matter of whether or not we act on it. That's all. What if I was to say that then I did it? 
You might be a bad person. I might be a monster, and honestly, I'm just exaggerating. My nephews were two little princes, Liam, on Halloween. How did your Halloween go, by the way? Uh, it was cool. I, I kind of was sad. I like giving out candy. Um, I like seeing all the various costumes and stuff. Uh, and we didn't do that. We took Maeve out. But she had a great time, and somehow we managed to get her excited about getting candy without her figuring out what candy is and that she can eat it. Ah. So that was sort of the best-case scenario is she got excited, she did it, but then we didn't have to deal with the aftermath of like a candy-addicted child. So that was pretty cool. Hey, it sounds like it all went as smoothly as possible. Liam, something to hold on to during those dark days of winter. You're really harping on this uh, winter depression thing. Are you Are you okay? Are you worried? What's going I'm on? I'm doing so well, Liam. Oh, boy, <laughs> I'm doing great. Hey, Liam. <laughs> Liam. Liam. Yeah. The Terror of Hallow's Eve gets holiday release on Redbox. This is an article, which I believe is just from today on bloodydisgusting.com. Uh, it's talking about this movie, Liam, which we've discussed previously on the show called The Terror of Hallow's Eve. I believe it's some sort of uh, horror anthology type movie with a all-star cast and uh it's said to combine mind-bending practical effects 1980s nostalgia and a relatable story with a strong anti-bullying message that's quite a combo uh and it has an all-star cast as i mentioned including eric roberts doug jones um pinhead himself oh wait not not pinhead himself jesus christ that's doug bradley (laughs) of course that's doug bradley doug jones um from uh guillermo del toro's work and of course mac tonight liam yeah yeah i've seen it you've seen you've seen mac tonight in person i've seen terror of Hallow's eve oh right you have seen this and it's about to come out it's going to be available through redbox liam i can't remember if i asked you about your review for this movie that also features Juliet Landau from Ed Wood and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and music by the legendary John Carpenter. Yeah, um, it has a, uh, a lot of potential. Oh boy, what does that mean? It's me trying to be positive about a, about a small movie that's trying to make it in the world. Uh, it's, you know, it, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. How, the, all, how, how, are they, how about the effects? Are there some impressive effects in it? Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Liam. And the, the music by John Carpenter is one new song and then a bunch of uh, songs that you're familiar with from John Carpenter. Well, a new song. That's oh. still exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, and the new song was cool. I mean, I think it's not new anymore, but I think it was new to the movie when it came out. Oh, well, that's interesting. And I'm sure our uh, listeners will check out this movie despite your negative reaction, Liam. It wasn't – I mean, let's put it mm-hmm, – let me mm-hmm. let me put it in more th- uh, positive light. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> I, I, it, there, were par- and there were parts of it – like, I guess – and we've talked about this before. Yeah. The positiveness of it actually makes me more negative on it in the sense that I think the idea is not bad for it, and I think that – Eric Roberts turns in a, a pretty solid performance in a lot of ways, but uh, I think that the movie kind of loses its way and towards the end just becomes kind of a mess. And that made me sad because I felt I was pretty excited for a new movie with this cast and with Eric Roberts that I thought the concept sounded kind of cool and, and it just doesn't really deliver. Liam, is it an anthology movie? Uh, No, it oh. is not. Okay, well, fuck me then. <laughs> What, what's the just give me just a three line plot summary of what's going on here? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Liam, it, it, yeah, here's an article that'll excite you. B 
Billboard okay. movie at Allentown Civic Theater is okay. commercial for Lehigh Valley. So, <laughs> Liam, this is a movie. I know, I... I know most of those words. <laughs> well, Liam understands them because, Liam, now you live in the Lehigh Valley? I do. What now, town? Yeah. Easton, PA. I am from Doylestown, PA. Oh, you're a Doylestown person. All a right. Doyle. Is that what you call people from Doylestown? No, no, you don't. What do you call Mostly... people from where you are? Sorry, I'll, I'll let you continue in just a second, Scout. But I'm the host of the show. Uh, Liam, <laughs> <laughs> Liam, what are people? Uh, what are people called from the area of Philadelphia where you? Uh, sorry, Pennsylvania that you're from. Uh, you, you mean what do I call them, or what are they called generally? Let's hear both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know that there's a. Ter- I don't know what the term is for people from Easton or the Lehigh Valley. Let me come up with something. East heads, what do you think of that? Or Easton heads, that's not bad. Well, I think if you're from East, I think you would just say like Estonians, right? Estonians. Isn't that, right? Uh, yeah. isn't that people from Estonia? <laughs> well, you know what, fuckface? All right, you can't come up with a new thing for everything that sounds similar. <laughs> that's a good point. Scout, you had something to add. Uh, I was going to say, you call people from Doylestown uh, <laughs> people who should move. Oh, boy. Um, well, here's something that both of you will find exciting. Billboard movie at Allentown Civic Theater is commercial for Lehigh Valley. This is about the movie Billboard, which we've mentioned previously on the show a number of times. Uh, it's a feature film written and directed by Zeke Zelker of Forks Township. Liam, where's Forks Township? Is that nearby? It's just north of my house. And inspired by a 1982-83 radio contest in which three men spent eight and a half months on a billboard off Route 22 in Whitehall Township to try to win a mobile home. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Pennsylvania. <laughs> it got its first public showing with a sold-out screening uh, just this past Thursday at Allentown's Civic Theater. Liam, do you know where the Civic Theater is? Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> and it's going to be shown <laughs> daily through November 10th. Liam, you got to get yourself to the Civic Theater to check out Billboard, which not only God features Eric Roberts, who was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor and Runaway Trainer for a Golden Globe Award for King of the Gypsies, but also uh, Heather Maserato. Is that how you pronounce her name? Uh, Heather Matarazzo from Welcome to the Dollhouse. Matarazzo. Yeah, Matarazzo from uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse and the Princess Diaries, Liam. So you can get yourself and get an advanced showing of Billboard before the rest of the world gets to see it, Liam. Okay. Liam, longtime listeners of the show might remember that you had an opportunity to become an extra in the movie Billboard. But you I didn't for- have an opportunity. You told me that was happening the day after it happened. <laughs> yeah, it was. The t- but if you kept your ear to the ground, here's the thing, Liam. Liam, you complain about the place where you live a lot. Maybe there's lots of great stuff happening. You're just not tuned in enough. This happened the first year I moved here. I wouldn't have even known where the location was yet. Well, I mean, doesn't this doesn't that support my point more than refute it? That's the first interesting thing that's happened in the five years I've been here. It's the only one. Well, here's something that I think both of you will find interesting. No, <laughs> all right. This I have to say, guys. This this fucking press release that I got from my Eric Roberts Google alert is bonkers. <laughs> No nudity, no profanity, no gore, yet Christian movie gets R rating from MPAA. This sounds exciting. This is a press release that starts, Why would the Motion Picture Association of America give an R rating to a faith-based movie with no profanity, no nudity, no sex, no gore, no torture, and no glamorized violence? It's called censorship. (laughs) This is about the movie The Reliant. If I remember correctly, Liam, this is the movie that uh, was giving away an assault rifle in a contest recently. Apparently, oh, yes. Yeah, they're still giving away guns 
as part of their um, as part of their promotional tactics. Uh, it does star, of course, uh, the Boz, Brian Bosworth, and Kevin Sorbo. Uh, and it's a pro-Second Amendment movie. It's it's actually was written as a pro-Second Amendment movie. Now, whatever your thoughts on the Second Amendment, I don't live in your country, Liam, so I don't really have any strong thoughts outside of the fact that it sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, it seems a little irresponsible, particularly considering the news, let's say, of the past, my lifetime, where guns have been very involved in a lot of negative things, it seems a little irresponsible to uh, talk about the fact that this movie getting an R is based on censorship, Liam. It also, of course, features Eric Roberts in the uh, in the cast. Um, Liam thought, and actually, I'm going to stop with you, Liam, because I know that you have a lot of thoughts. I know you want to get them out. Let's go over to you, Scout. Now, Scout, I said a lot of controversial things just there a moment ago. As our resident Second Amendment protection person, person who is obsessed with protecting the Second Amendment. What do you think about this movie, The Reliant? Are you curious about checking it out? I'm sorry, did you just say I was somebody who was obsessed mm-hmm. with the Second uh-huh, Amendment? Uh-huh, I, My understanding is, now I haven't done a lot of research on the topic. <laughs> that... Do you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind here. Uh-huh. Uh, having been raised in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, mm. I am a, uh, 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 I was raised Quaker. Oh! The anti-violence religion. Uh, but now I you've turned your back on it. Uh, and you've embraced not, the Second Amendment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think everyone should be shot tomorrow. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, all of us. I don't think they should spare one of us. No, I think all guns should be uh, put in the street and melted. And then uh, maybe you could turn them into cars. And then fumes could kill us. Um, no, I just, I'm, I don't know whether to be more shocked by the fact that they're giving out an assault rifle or that Brian Bosworth is still making movies. Well, they're all faith-based uh, movies, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Um, Brian Bosworth was in Stone Cold, is that yes, correct? absolutely, the legendary Stone Cold. Oh, yes, with Lance Henriksen. That movie, um, you know, <laughs> I I have a fondness for that movie because it's better than all of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> that movie features a motorcycle crashing through a window and smashing into a helicopter, which then explodes. So I gave it four thumbs up. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, you know, Scout, I, I, it seems like you're conflicted about the Reliance, so let me tell you something. <sighs> There's a quote in this. Uh, in this press release from Kendra Thomas, a homeschooling mother of 13. This can only be good. Who screened the film with her family. She sums up well the level of violence in The Reliant. She says, My children and I viewed The Reliant together and found it perfectly appropriate for family viewing. Unlike other movies, there is no nudity, sex, horror, profanity, innuendo, intoxication, blasphemy, or racism in The Reliant. There is more to dislike in the animated children's movie Captain Underpants than in The Reliant. And this is a mother of 13. Liam, what do you think? I mean, Captain Underpants is a pretty sexy movie, so I just <laughs> think that that's a, that's a bad comparison for Unfair. her to make. She kind of undercut her argument there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, it's an entertaining I, but God-honoring film, so that's got to be exciting. Scout, you have something to say? <laughs> I'm sorry, mother of 13? 13! The lucky 13. Yeah, yeah, you know what that means. One of those children is definitely the Jersey Devil. <laughs> Liam, is thirteen too many children to have? <laughs> I mean, I'm not in the business of telling anybody how many kids they should or shouldn't have. But I am. Feels, <laughs> That's not what you told me before. It feels the show. like a bit much. It feels like a bit many with the kids, especially if she's homeschooling them. Like, 
at least three of those kids are not getting the attention they need in the homeschool environment. Look, there's just no way. It feels like an elaborate experiment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, I I don't want to make judgment calls here. That's not the kind of show this is. But I'm just (laughs) saying at least nine of those kids are going to turn out fucked up. And the rest of them are going to probably turn out dead. So it's not a good situation for the future of the planet. And right now, that's something I've been thinking about a lot for reasons. Uh, So I can't say that I necessarily trust the opinion of this homeschooling mother of 13. But if you want to check out The Reliant, hey, it'll be R-rated on, I don't know, VOD or something at some point. Find it yourself. Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2017's The Matadors, directed by George Pan Andreas. The plot is three young boys from different parts of the world had a big dream to become matadors. One of them later on got picked up by the CIA and became one of their top agents. Yes, from matador to top agent, this is the movie The Matadors, uh, featuring George Panandreas himself as the character Zeus, the wonderful Dominique Swain as Madonna. <laughs> maybe, it's sure. an adapta- maybe it's an adaptation of that music video Take a Bow. Remember that one, Liam? Which one? Take a, take, take a bow, isn't it? About uh, I think it's about a matador, a, a Madonna music video. I have no idea what you're talking about. Liam? <laughs> Liam, are, are you looking at the Eric Roberts is the fucking man outline at the moment? I am. Liam, there's an, a character in this movie named CIA agent Candace. <laughs> uh, what? There's a character in this CIA movie. CIA director. No, it's the very uh, last one listed. Uh, okay, and you want to know how to pronounce their name. How would you pronounce their name? Oh, actually, why don't you spell it for us first? C-S-Y-N-B-I-D-I-U-M. Uh-huh. Which, which uh, spells? Symbidium. Symbidium plays CIA Symbidium. agent Candace. And who plays Lord Rothschild? That would be... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clement von Frankenstein. <laughs> And Eric Roberts is the CIA director. Scout, what are your thoughts on matadors? How about the practice of bullfighting in general? Not, uh, not a fan. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually am right there with you. But Liam, <laughs> I think it's kind of insane <laughs> that that still happens. Why is that? Are you are you some kind of bull lover? Uh, you could say that, but furthermore, I mean, you know, listen, I'm all for, like, uh, advanced evolution, uh, if you will, where, um, you know, the dumber among us, uh, <laughs> put themselves in front of rampaging animals that were born with horns, uh-huh. uh, and if they all happen to get murdered by nature, uh, I just feel like that that's probably a, you know, a good thing for the rest of us. Uh, having said that, why would you, why, why would you do this? Why would you, why would you do this? Liam, what are your thoughts about torturing a large animal for the purposes of entertainment? <laughs> uh, I'm usually in favor of it, but uh-huh. uh, <laughs> you do hate animals. No. I know that is uh, yeah, I yeah. Fucking, fucking hate animals. Uh, no, I mean the the issue with bullfighting, right, is that it's not a fair fight. You know, you you stab it and stab it and stab it until it's near dead from blood loss, and then some you know, Ponzi guy gets in there in his fancy outfit and gets to look all cool. doesn't make any sense. If it was just like the bull was all fresh and not stabbed a bunch against some guy in a fancy outfit. And then I had to watch and see if that fancy outfit guy was going to survive. Then it's like, okay, I can kind of see the appeal here, but uh, the, the actual matador, it just feels like it's for show. Cause you've, 
at that point fucked the poor bull up so bad, you know, he's hard for him to do his thing. It's not, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't want to sound like a bad person, but when I hear those, or what I, I should say, <clears throat> when I read those articles uh, where matadors have been murdered by the bull, there is a part of me that's like, ah, good. Sounds about right. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. It was. It's literally one of two outcomes. I don't know what they were expecting. <laughs> well, history is on their side in regards to this. But yes, you could check out 2017's The Matadors. Uh, I think it's available right now. You can check out Eric Roberts as CIA director and Dominique Swain as Madonna. And of course, Sinbidium as CIA agent Candace. You know what? I think it's time for us to take our first break. When we return... We're going to talk about a movie chosen by today's guest, Scout Tafoya. It's called Black Wake from the year 2018. We've actually mentioned this on news updates on uh, previous episodes. Very exciting to get to finally talk about it, which we'll get to right after this. How can you see? secret facility to investigate a series of strange deaths on beaches across the Atlantic Ocean. One of the team's scientists examines video evidence to uncover a possible parasitic explanation for the fatalities. But when a determined detective sends her the crazed writings of a mysterious homeless man, the scientist slowly learns that the actual threat may be more dangerous and far older than anyone ever imagined. It's Black Wake from the year 2018, directed by Jeremiah Kipp, written by Jerry Janda, Carlos Keys, and Jera. Maya Kip. Now, this is, uh, despite the fact that it is no longer October, it is a horror movie, a horrific movie, and it's shot in a very interesting style where it uh, uses basically, it is to some extent a found footage movie. It uses like security cam footage or people filming themselves using like a computer camera, and it's supposed to piece all those together. We'll talk about that format in just a little bit, and we'll certainly talk about the cast, including the lead actress, Nana Govia, who plays Dr. Luisa Moreira. Moreira? Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, but before we get into any of that, I want to get your thoughts on the movie, starting with our guest today, Scout Tafoya. What did you think of this movie that you chose for us to watch, 2018's Black Wake? I will say, friends, that I chose this movie because uh, a lot of uh, uh, Mr. Roberts' work was naturally covered. I mean, this is an Eric Roberts podcast. You'd True. expect to get the major works out of the way Correct. up front. You guys really did your homework, which left me lucky us a couple of a couple of options, and I went with one that I thought I could possibly consider as part of my year-end uh, roundup here of <laughs> movies that I missed throughout the year. I thought a new movie. Let's do it. Um, I didn't know what to expect, and uh, even now that it's over, 
I'm not sure I know what I saw. Um, I I will say credit to the filmmaker. It makes uh, he makes some interesting formal choices. Mm-hmm. He does um, trying to make more out of. Uh, the premise, I think, than you might have if you had done it uh, just dead ahead. I think there are some some uh, some editing slip ups as far as how far you can carry the premise, considering <laughs> that there is no logical reason for most of what we see filmed to be filmed. Um, I would say I, at least eighty minutes of it, no logical reasons. <laughs> A lot of stuff here being filmed by people who I believe are either dead or in, just in the middle of like their leisure time. And listen, I'm I'm myself uh, no stranger to uh, to you know filming things. I've made uh, twenty feature films in my in my life. I have never once just kind of turned the camera on to film myself, you know, at uh, at lunch or <laughs> at the beach. I don't know if other people do this or if that's just strictly a found footage horror thing. Scott, Scott I got to show you my favorite fishing hole. <laughs> that's right. Come on, film that's me right. while I bring you to it. <laughs> hey, make sure you get all of our approach. <laughs> <laughs> but let's hear what what let we'll talk about the format in a second. What are sure. your thoughts on this movie as a whole? Um <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's got problems. It's not mm. it's not by any means the worst film I've seen this year. Um, <laughs> I think you know it's uh, there's there's I don't know there's a lot there's a lot to admire even as it's not an admirable movie. <laughs> what a, what a nice way to to completely destroy a movie. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to you. Uh, get yourself together, Scout. <laughs> We'll get back to you in just a second. Uh, Liam, I uh, sent this movie over to you with the the idea that, you know, I uh, let me just be transparent here. I know the director of this movie. I interviewed him a few years ago. I follow him on social media. I know he's a very talented guy. He's made a very some very good horror shorts that I've seen. Uh, so I had a lot of high hopes in regards to the potential quality of this. I like some of the actors that are in here. Tom Sizemore is here. Of course, Eric Roberts. Vincent Pastore is here. The great Chuck Zito appears. Um, so I, I kind of maybe built it up for you, Liam, as potentially uh, something that, that was a return to form after the last month of movies. What are your thoughts on 2018's Black Wake? <clears throat> well, mm-hmm. I think if you're going to structure most of the narrative thrust of your movie around someone doing long, long, fevered monologues into their <laughs> laptop camera, you might want them to be a person who can act. Oh, Liam, I thought you weren't being critical today. <laughs> <laughs> of our I'm not critical of our uh, guest choices of songs is what I was referring to. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I sh- you know the, there is a the the main actress is a uh, a model who is seems very attractive uh <laughs> and uh when when it first movie first starts um, I don't. I didn't have a problem. I just thought, oh, you know, she's she's not great, but you know, I'm sure she'll be fine. But what the movie is asking of her is a momentous task, which is uh, 
you know, the director basically sat her down and said, we've decided that no uh, two-person dialogue in this film should move the plot along. Right. We just refuse to have any two people talking to each other actually give the audience any information that will help them understand what's going on. So if anyone's going to understand what is happening in this movie, let alone have an emotional connection to it, that's going to come from you looking desperately into your laptop (laughs) as you describe what's been happening. And they do this a lot for a movie that's only 80 minutes long, not counting the the, the credits. credits. (laughs) I'd say a good 80 minutes is her talking into her laptop camera. No, a a lot of it's just a lot of her just talking into a very low res camera, just being very emotional and And looking sleepless. Yeah, just trying to look desperate and harried, and 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 you're supposed to wonder about her mental health and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and it's a lot. It would be a lot for a very very talented actor to pull off, and I'm unconvinced that is who we have. In front of. <laughs> uh, now, in Nana Govea's defense, uh, English is obviously not her first language, uh, so we've done a little research on this because when you watch this movie, ladies and gentlemen, one thing that will jump out at you is the fact that Nana Govea is struggling and as liam just referred to most of the movie involves her staring directly at the camera and delivering these long fucking endless monologues that are right down the barrel of the lens yeah exactly and you you would ask yourself well i mean why would they choose this particular actress uh who it seems to even be struggling with the language and having real difficulty emoting you know when you could get basically a high school student to do the same thing the answer to that question comes from Co-writer and producer Carlos Keys, who this might surprise you, ladies and gentlemen, is actually the husband of Nana Gouveia. And if you know Nana Gouveia, it's probably because she not only is uh, some celebrity because of her modeling work in, in Brazil, but also because she became sort of a worldwide meme because her husband took photos of her in the wreckage of Hurricane Sandy in a very tasteless manner. And this, I believe, was meant as some way to show her dramatic chops to, to America, to the world. And so we can take have a little bit more respect for her acting ability. And I think, Liam, you're being a little unfair. I don't think you can necessarily judge her acting in the context of this movie because she obviously is struggling so much. But I will have to say, her acting in this is fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be, uh, again, uh, I, I don't, I'm not trying to defend her acting or even go the other way and totally shit on her. All I'm saying is, it would be a lot for anyone to do. Yes. Especially since the movie is really, I mean, in a sense, the movie is a series of almost unrelated vignettes, right? Because she is describing her experience, which we only occasionally get to see. And then she's describing the various videos that are convincing her that this problem that the world is facing is of a specific nature, which she is figuring out that they're parasites and that they're related to each other and that these people whose heads are exploding are from these parasites in their brains and whatever, which <laughs> all of which, by the way, in these videos is quite obvious. Like the, uh, the first conceit that doesn't work is that anyone would watch the video and go, no, I don't see what you're describing here. <laughs> like, from the first video, what she's describing is obviously in the video. It, it's quite a, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. It is kind of a weird conceit, as you mentioned, simply right. because the idea is that she has this bundle of papers, this book, and she's trying to p- convince people of the truth. But the concept of the movie is that everything is being filmed. So there's 
there's proof everywhere. But they've all one of the ways that they deal with this plot point is that she describes to her laptop multiple times that they're only interested in the bodies and they're not interested in the videos. (laughs) So that suggests maybe they're not watching the hundreds of of videos they're being sent of people's brains exploding. Uh, Also, before someone's (laughs) brain explodes, they become a zombie, apparently. Uh, And uh, a character who is a homeless man who is later revealed to be her son. um, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> goes from a mindless, just crazy person to the mastermind of an army of zombies. And it but here's here's okay, let me stop you right there. Is it I was I was confused on this. Is he actually her son or is he just calling her mother because she's supposed to be like the new messiah of their zombie nope, movement? That's her nope. That's that was why the government was calling her. Yeah. Because they picked her up from the boat from the first incident. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. It also it's CIA uses Google Glass. That's why Google Glass is invented for the CIA, so that they could that record was the all the illegal shit they do. I've ever seen is these two fucking serious looking motherfuckers with their suits on, sitting in their fancy SUV with their goddamn Google Glass on. I was mm. like, boy, journalism students don't even wear this stupid shit. And you guys are trying to make me feel like you have this situation in hand. Well, because, I mean, of course, they're wearing these Google Glasses because it gives an excuse for them to have what they're seeing be filmed, even though um, that's never really done. Like, it's not like, it's not like they're doesn't, doing Hardcore Henry here. Yeah, it's not Hardcore Henry or that sequence from Doom. It's never presented in any, in any kind of interesting way. I do want to say about the movie Blackwig. The concept behind it, that there's basically this old god that lives in the sea that probably came from space, that is has has implanted this goo in people's brain that's that's making them worship him, basically, and they're trying to bring this new messiah. Look, there's some interesting conceptual material here. Well, it's, but, it's, it's Lovecraft for beginners. Exactly, it's and... Lovecraft for beginners, absolutely. But what a strange... If you're going to do a vanity project for your beautiful wife, why the fuck would you pick this project? Of all yeah. things, right? Is it because there's so much screen time for her? It's just a really strange decision to make. Particularly because it's like this is a very humorless movie. It's it's taken yes. very seriously from beginning to end. So the only thing you get to see her do is really emote. And there is one sequence in this movie where she confronts her son. And like there's this realization that he is her son. And he's like giving up because there's a realization that he was the prophet. She's the messiah. And they're screaming at each other. And it might be the most laughably, laughably terrible sequence of acting I have seen in recent memory. And I almost watched nothing but terrible acting. <laughs> it, it was, it's wretched. It's really, really bad. And it, it's, like a, it's like a seven minute sequence. It's really, really lengthy. Um, but I want to, again, I don't want to be negative. I, Liam, I don't want to contribute to... Your seasonal affective disorder. I want us to take something positive away from this. Liam, tell me something positive about Black Wake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I agree with you that, although I don't even know if the concept entirely works, but <laughs> simply simply the fact that it, it has a bit of a Lovecraftian thing, I, I, I appreciate that uh, to some extent. Um, and I... I have to say there's a uh, so at the beginning again none of this makes any sense but <laughs> at the at the beginning there's this idea that this these killings could be a uh, some sort of serial killer or something sure. and Sh- Chuck Zito as Sheriff Williams bugs everywhere. A, dude, a dude who by the way is like in the movie so little the fact that they named his character is just like <laughs> uh, he like 
looks at the camera. I guess it's supposed to be a news report. And he's like, it's not a serial killer. Don't believe the media. And that part made me laugh. So I guess that was positive. Oh, my God. There's also a part that's supposed to be medicine. Okay. This is, this, uh, this is the best example, right? So she's on one of her long tirades. And at this point, I don't even know what she's talking about. And there's, a, there's one of the victims of one of these attacks is still alive. And she just acts like a freak. And I guess she's escaped. And she's coming into frame behind our main character. Yeah, that's right. And when she first shows up, I was like, whoa, this is actually a little tense. I, I wonder what's going to happen. And it, then it goes on uh, a good two minutes too long. She basically is like mugging. And have if, if anyone yep. who's ever had a child, have you ever yep. watched your child look at itself in the mirror? Or, <laughs> oh, camera. That's what this this like crazy. Again, it would be so scary. And at first, it is a little scary. Like ooh, uh, but yeah. it's it doesn't work. And it, it's like the perfect example of like there's this seed there of something that could have been cool, but it's utterly wasted. I feel like your positive still turned into a negative there, Liam. <laughs> so I'm going to go back over to Scout. Scout, tell me something positive about this movie, Black Wake. I I loved the Eric Roberts cameo. I thought <laughs> he was terrific. Um, and the minute he was on screen, I felt like the entire film just slid right into focus. Okay, we're like, gonna we're gonna talk about Eric Roberts in just a moment, and I do not disagree. We'll talk about him in just a moment. I want to say something positive. I have two positive things to say. One. Whatever your feelings on Tom Sizemore and the fact that <laughs> he's been left behind for perhaps good reason by Hollywood, um, I still think he's a really good actor. And even though the things he has to do here are idiotic and stupid and lame, I think he actually legitimately brings gravitas to a role that makes no goddamn sense at all. The old say story kind of does too, but in a crooked sort of way. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, I think Vincent Pastore is pretty good considering there's no way that like there is a sequence, ladies and gentlemen, that takes place in a morgue <laughs> with right. Vincent Pastore as a doctor, which I guess he's a doctor and he does autopsies, but like he just does all of it. But uh, and it actually features our uh, our co-writer in in this sequence as well, our uh, and right. producer, and they have these two corpses. That they are in body bags and they've unzipped them to just below their breasts, so their breasts are showing. <laughs> and and look, I don't want to be gross. There's no re- reason for us to be. These breasts are gigantic. They're like giant breasts on these two women, and we're supposed to certainly be titillated by two female corpses. And of course, these women eventually get up and walk and then get killed. So I'm not sure what I'm supposed to feel. But I'm supposed- I like to think I like to think it's a tribute to that scene in the Steven Seagal movie, The Glimmer Man, where he. <laughs> Cuts open a female corpse to find her silicon implants so they can look into who made them. It's a, it's a rich tradition. It's a rich cinematic tradition. And, uh, you know, this movie admirably contributes yeah. to it. I wonder who wrote that sequence. Uh, but I do, <laughs> want to say, I do want to say one more positive thing, which is that the very end of the movie, the very last thing we see is a shot of the creature in the water it, all yes. of its tentacles. It's pretty much given away, I think, by the artwork for the movie itself. I think, even though some of the special effects in this movie are bad, particularly the digital effects, I do think that final shot is a little bit eerie. I do think it's well done. I mean, it, it was good. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's above Sharktopus level, which the rest yeah. of the movie isn't. So I'm going to give them credit. Someone did a good job on the visual effect, and there's a good idea there. It's just not in the right movie. Um, are there any other performances, Scout, that you want to uh, point out as, as, as being I, I, particularly notable? 
I, I really, I did, yeah, I, I agree with you on the Tom Sizemore thing. Um, you know, I understand why, you know, he's been relegated to 17-second cameos in uh, horror movies that nobody sees. Um, but I do think that he still is capable of giving good performances. See his performance in Twin Peaks, for example. Sure. Uh, and then the Vincent Pastore performance was just such a jolly, <laughs> wonderful little cameo. And I loved at the end, in the 12 minutes of uh, blooper reel credits, he, his line is open the door, and he, uh, I believe he breaks the door, and he says, this door's already fucking open. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, some great improvisation there by Mr. Yeah, it's good. Pastor's <laughs> instincts are still rock solid. <laughs> uh, I do want to also mention that there is a small appearance. So about three quarters of the way through the movie, it suddenly switches to a different movie with this group of teenagers or people in their early 20s. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, they, they're going with a friend of theirs to track down her boyfriend or something. Anyway, one of the, the person who's kind of leading this group is named Will. He's played by Tom DiNucci, who also was the star and director of a movie we covered here on Eric Roberts and the Fucking Man called Self Storage. He has a very small part here. Doesn't go anywhere. I'm not... I will say that that movie that they that we switched to for a little bit seems at least as interesting as the one we actually got. So, uh, so the editing in this movie makes no goddamn sense because how are you going to go from like one series of like found footage things to another series of found footage things, and in the middle there is literally a title card that says "After the editor has died." <laughs> it uh, it's a very patchwork movie, but I suppose that does fit into the structure in which they're they're going for but it, it is certainly kind of it makes it unpleasant to watch because it makes it feel a lot longer than it is and again oh, it's yeah. only 80 minutes with 10 minutes of credits i think it's time for us to talk about eric roberts the actor uh he plays dr frank in this movie hey dr frank Einstein, maybe but uh dr frank is the boss or the supervisor of our lead actress in this movie he has basically two sequences and then gets his brain eaten um but he does bring, I would say, a little bit of laid-back charm to a movie that's oh too serious. Uh, I'm going to start with Liam this time. Liam, what do you think of Eric Roberts in this movie? Uh, honestly, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> there's he doesn't he doesn't bring enough to it until the part where he's he okay. I want to say bad things about his performance because it's not very interesting. And a lot of his dialogue feels like completely improvised. Like he just sort of is just saying like things that don't really make sense. Like he's trying to deny her requests and everything he says, just, it just sounds like he's just making shit up. Uh, But he does have the only sensible moment, which is he looks directly at the, whatever's filming them and says, wait, are you filming right now? And she's like, yeah, I'm just talking. And he goes, are you goddamn insane? <laughs> and that being the only moment of reality in a very in a movie that's trying to be very serious and very real was like kind of magical. So I, I don't think he brings a lot for me to the film other than that moment, though. So I, I'm kind of a mixed mind about it. I love that moment. But other than that, it's just is kind of like, what are you even saying right now, Eric Roberts? <laughs> Do you even care about what you're saying? Like, it just it, 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 he stands out compared to his, you know, co-star. But I, I will say that 
the audio quality in the sequences he's in seems yep. to be yep. seems to be significantly worse than the rest of the movie, which I'm not sure what that's meant to necessarily uh, imply. Maybe it's a little tribute to uh, a talking cat. But going over to our guest today, <laughs> Scout Tafoya. Scout, what did you think of Eric Roberts' performance here? I was going to say, is the sound quality, could it possibly be that they uh, didn't tell him they were rolling? <laughs> they just got the audio. <laughs> Let's just but do a run through of the dialogue here, Eric, and now uh, we'll, we'll pick it up later. That's right. Uh, I I loved it. And honestly, like, you know, the whole, the, you know, obvi- obviously when you see as many shitty movies as uh, I believe you gentlemen do, and certainly as I do, you, you do it for a reason. You don't put yourself through garbage because you, you, you know, you, you, you hope something jumps out. Well, actually, you know. Scout, in our case, we made a blood oath, right, Liam? Oh, yeah, that's true. We made yeah. a blood oath no, to watch The Life of no Work of Eric Roberts, so we don't really have a choice. But no, please continue. But my point is that I watched this movie because Eric Roberts is in it. Mm. And then Eric Roberts showed up. He was all charm and he was unhurried and he was, he sounded authoritative. He did sound like somebody that, that a, that a Nana Covina would answer to. Um, and uh, I loved it. I mean, you know, it's we're talking maybe, uh, let's say, three minutes and 17 seconds <laughs> at most. And honestly, you know, like I was kind of doing other stuff while the movie was on. Uh, and that for that three minutes and 17 seconds, I I, uh, I felt I got my money's worth. My my no money's worth <laughs> of. Uh, no, I, I loved him. I thought he was terrific. I was I was really happy that the movie that I chose out of a hat gave me a performance that I really enjoyed. Well, sometimes in these situations, you really need to grasp onto something. And it sounds like you grasped onto one Mr. Eric Roberts, which is something I can always support. Which that then brings us to the very theme of this show, which is whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man in the movie Black Wake from the year 2018. This very year. I'm going to go back to you for a second there, Scout. What do you think? Eric Roberts, is he the fucking man in this movie? He's the fucking man in this movie. I love, I love hearing it. Now, Liam, you spoil sport. What did you think of Eric Roberts? Is he the fucking man? Oh boy. Hesitation. I I'm still gonna go with yes. Uh, <laughs> even though even though I didn't love his performance necessarily. That moment the, what again, the only moment of this movie that really felt real to me, uh, that I thought like, oh, someone's acting like a human was in fact the moment where he's like, why are you fucking filming me right now? (laughs) And that was worth it for me to make him the man. Why did the two corpses have such giant breasts, Liam? Why? Oh my God. Why were there, why were there three dudes filming themselves in a fucking minivan? And then they just start literally hitting on a dirt covered, crazy woman (laughs) And then one of them gets to be the moral hero as he drives away to leave his friends likely to rape the crazy woman who then uh, uh, boys pukes, boys, you know? pukes tentacles into their mouths or were they scorpions? That's a thing that the movie couldn't figure out <laughs> is whether these were lizards or, or – yeah, were they scorpions? Were they uh, worms? I don't fucking know. Yeah. The 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 shock kind of you know like the big shock moment in this movie other than the woman behind the uh, our lead was when the the, the bug right. runs across the camera <laughs> runs across the camera and I oh was like God. wow they really put a lot into that moment didn't they and that didn't work at all <laughs> well I'm just gonna say Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 2018's Black Wake I have to say I 
was shocked at how poor this movie was. Uh, <laughs> it is really just a, a real hunk of junk. Uh, and uh, again, a vanity project uh, that makes the the person that is supposed to be portraying their vanity look terrible uh, uh, outside of some swimming sequences, which uh, linger sexually on a character that otherwise is not sexualized at all. So this is a very strange movie in a lot of ways. I almost think it's worth watching just because it is so fucking bizarre. But otherwise, the only reason to watch it is because of one Mr. Eric Roberts, who's in it for how many minutes did you say? Three minutes and 17 seconds? Three minutes, 17 seconds. I think charitably. (laughs) But be that as it may, he pulls it off. Sure does. We made a blood oath. <laughs> and that's Black Wake from 2018. We are going to take our final break. When we return, we're going to do a little plugging and say goodnight. And that was episode number 87 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I want to give a massive thank you to video essayist, director, writer, Scout Tafoya, who's been a wonderful guest, even if he did make us watch a completely shitty movie. (laughs) (laughs) Scout, thank you. It's your fault for taking all the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's always our fault. Scout, thank you so much for taking the time. Where can people find your work or yourself on the internet? Uh, I am easily found at uh, honors underscore zombie on uh, Twitter. I believe I'm just honors zombie on the Instagram. Um, I uh, you can find my video essay work uh, every month, uh, theunloved.rogerebert.com, or you can go to patreon.com/slash honors zombie. Um, I am actually about to start a podcast. You heard it here first. What? Um, It's not going to encroach on uh, your territory in the slightest, Um, but uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, I've been writing the first episode for the better part of the week and uh, really happy with it. Um, uh, Yeah, so uh, that's that's the thing that you can get access to, uh, to uh, exclusive episodes of that at patreon.com slash honor zombie. And then you can buy, find my uh, film work. A lot of it's on Vimeo. Uh, Some of it is on Amazon prime. You can watch house of little deaths, Diana, uh, enjoy your trip to hell and uh, uh, trying to think of a couple other movies on Amazon Prime and the rest are on Vimeo or Vimeo On Demand. Well, if I hear about a new podcast devoted to the actor Eric Roberts, I'm going to be very upset. And, <laughs> and by very upset, I mean we're going to shut down ours immediately. <laughs> the blood oath has been passed on. No, Scott, that actually sounds very interesting. I, I've seen a number of your video essay work. I like them very, very much. They're, they are critically renowned and beloved by people on the internet. So, yes, follow him on Twitter. Check out Scout's work. Liam, what's happening on CinePunks.com and in your own life at the moment. I know there's been a lot of great work that went up in October. What what are people uh, going to be looking forward to for the rest of the year? Well, mm-hmm. um, for people who didn't notice, we started a new 
I didn't start shit, but we took on a new <laughs> podcast called Wine and Cheese that I have been very much enjoying. Um, the latest episode. So the idea is they uh, combine a, a whiny record and a cheesy movie. So the most recent episode is uh, Jimmy World's Bleed American <laughs> with uh, with Purge Election Year. Oh. And uh, it was really good. It's a good episode, and I, I like what they're doing. Um, we are also, me and uh, your partner in crime, uh, Adriana, are starting this Alpha Flight podcast. We just got to get it off the ground. Oh, the, this is official I, announcement. Have you mentioned this before on the show, Liam? Yeah, on this very show. Yeah. This is the first time I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's it should be great. Um, I, I'm excited. We have a really great – we actually – our our logo was – uh, done by a friend of Cinepunk's, uh, Justin Gray, who <laughs> whose art, uh, I don't know if if anyone listens to the Adventure Zone podcast, their original logo was by Justin Gray, and he's done work for like MXPX and um, uh, wow, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Wow. I'm trying to be nice about the guy's art. And you're gonna bust. It's a big name that people know. I don't fucking know. Did they get SR seventy one? No, no, no. Uh, Liam, Liam, well, Liam. Suicide machines. <laughs> Liam, I, I'm going to have to stop both of you. Liam, could you explain to our audience what Alpha Flight is? I have a feeling that many of the people listening won't know what you're talking about. Really? Yeah. No, come on. Uh, Alpha Flight was, a, was, I think, Marvel's one and only Canada-focused comic. <laughs> there you uh, go. And it, they, were, they were sort of uh, – they were meant to be Canada's answer to the Avengers – but they also weren't because they were really involved in a lot of like mutant research yeah. stuff, which isn't really Avengers world. And they were government sponsored, which wasn't really the Avengers deal either. Uh, and um, they're just weird. It was a weird comic book that I kind of love and no one really talks about. So we're going to do uh, – and the, the name of the podcast is The Flight Stuff. <laughs> and Flight. there's going to be a contribution on that podcast, Liam, by one Mr. Doug Tilly to make sure that you get your Canadiana – Correct. Yeah, that part. I'm. I'm hoping we can cut that out. <laughs> well, I've been collecting stacks and stacks, Liam. I need to get on my Alpha flight, and I need to make sure that uh, that you don't. You know, it is very strange to have two Americans talking about this Canadian superhero team. I mean, uh, yeah, not at all, because mm-hmm. I don't think it's very really that Canadian. Written uh, and drawn by John Byrne, a Canadian. An asshole, sure. but a Canadian nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but but it's still, you know, Marvel is Marvel, and so you know, we, we we're glad to bring you on to give us some authenticity. Ugh. But come on, it, taking stuff from Canada is like the most American thing in the world. So, well, you can find all of that over at cinepunks dot com, and you can find Liam on Twitter. At Liam underscore wait no there is no nope, underscore nope <laughs> at, nope that's you at Liam rules that's R U L Z all one word Liam. Yeah, I don't know why they would, but they could do that. You can also, of course, follow me on Twitter. I'm Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. You can check out more about the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast over at ericrobertsistheman.com. Or you can uh, also follow us on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M or do a search for Eric Roberts is the Man on Facebook. You can check out my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, over at nobudgetpodcast.com. It's on a slight hiatus, uh, but we'll be back very, very soon. And you can also follow that at No Budget Podcast or do a search on Facebook as well. But with that all said, with that lengthy outro complete, it's time for us to say goodnight for another week. We'll be back very, very soon with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. 
Eric Roberts is a fucking man. <laughs>